We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast the thursday edition of the pack a day podcast good to be back hope everything went well last week while i was gone it sounded like it did i am one of your hosts jason perone of the Packaday Podcast and Game On Wisconsin and the Quick Slants Podcast, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, and his famous YouTube show, Packers Unrestricted. Was a little under the weather last week, gentlemen. Thanks for carrying it on for me. How are we doing, Mark? We'll start with you. How are you doing? And as always, we start with the weather, so we got to know what's going on over at the beach, over at Myrtle Beach today. All right, well, the streak is ending. It, it, but it's not going to rain. It's not raining Thursday. It's not, we're not supposed to get any rain on Thursday. I think it was like seven straight weeks of rainy Thursdays. It was kind of crazy. But yeah. um, the weather, it's been a perfect weather-wise. It's been, this has been a great week. I mean, a, you couldn't ask for, for a much better week. 75-ish, sunny, little breeze off the ocean. Just perfect weather. Perfect. And Jason, I got to say, whatever you, whatever you had, you sound a lot, you sound pretty good. So the, the medicine worked or whatever you did or took or home remedies. I don't know what it was, but your voice sounds as good as ever. Tea and honey. Tea and That's honey. That's what I told yeah. you, right? Yeah. I, I, when perfect. I woke up, yeah, no, last last week when I woke up Wednesday, <clears throat> I had little to no voice at all. I don't know what happened. I was, and actually I do know what happened. The weekend prior, there was a camp out at my son's school. And, you know, it's not like we're in this treacherous weather here in the Phoenix area this time of year, it's actually really nice weather for camping. It does get a little cool overnight, but I don't do tent living very well. And clearly I should have known better and I got myself there. So I couldn't, I couldn't go, but thank you. I'm glad to, uh, See, glad I, to know that, uh, that I'm sounding. Okay. I, I thought you were screaming during a son's game or something. I thought maybe you went to a son's game and screaming at the, now during the game see the sons have had the one seed locked up for a while so i'm saving all my screaming for next week and beyond when they actually start playing some teams and we figure out what's going on with these play-ins and all that kind of stuff and i got to save some for the bucks fans too because if it's going to be a repeat finals then uh you know i don't know when's the last time that that's happened same two teams met uh cleveland cleveland golden Golden state right yeah gotta be Probably. I was going to say sometime during the, uh, did the Bulls face the same team two years in a row? It was always a different team, I think, right? They yeah. played Utah, but I don't know if they played them back to back. They played Utah more than once, but I don't know if it was back to back. Yeah, the poor the poor West. It's like they kept rolling out new contenders for Jordan and his team, and they all, they all lost. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so if things are looking okay over at the beach, no rain for Mark. Paul over in the Dairyland state of Wisconsin. This is what we're all wanting to know what's going on. Is the weather's up, down, all over the place. Is there snow on the ground? Is it warm? What's going on? you got a long sleeve shirt on, so that tells me at least something. Yeah, um, so we had we were fortunate. Three whole days of crossing over 50, 55 degrees. It was really nice, but uh, we're back to rain, 40s, 30s, so... Yeah, we're we're fighting through it, trying to get, trying to get to a real spring. But it, I think it's gonna be one of those years where it just 
switches to summer. Okay. Well, at least you'll get there. You'll get to oh, summer. Fingers crossed. Yeah, you'll get to you'll get to summer. Well, we had a uh, we had a little bit of a of a dip, a cool spell over here. Dropped down to seventy, oh. dropped down to seventy five on Wednesday. So uh, fortunately, today it's up to eighty two, sunny, climbing its way back up into the nineties. Supposed to hit ninety six on Monday. <laughs> a lot of sunshine, a lot of heat. But at this point, I'm not going to send any anybody else's way because spring has sprung everywhere else, and the weather's not that bad. It's not like full winter, so you'll be okay. You'll be all right without me. And then our lone entrant outside of the three of us was Harry over in Kamloops, the ever-consistent Harry, who says he hopes that I'm doing better, which I greatly appreciate. Real simple, Kamloops is cool and cloudy, high of 47, low of 31. So that sounds pretty similar to what's going on over there in the Dairyland state of Wisconsin, right? A little cooler. So, all right, here we are. It is draft season, and we're going to talk about tight ends. On this particular show, and we kind of chatted a little bit earlier today or earlier in the week about it. And everybody, obviously, the hot topic of conversation is wide receiver, as it should be, with Devontae Adams no longer with the team, but the tight end position also a need. And Mark did some really good work over at Packer Report with the tight ends and a breakdown of some of the top prospects. So since you did all the heavy lifting, Mark, and Paul, you've done some some as well over at Dairyland Express and at Cheesehead TV. I'll let you kind of guide the conversation, and okay. we'll kick it around the horn. All right. Well, first off, as you as you mentioned, Jason, yeah, tight end is a it's a it's a big time need for the Green Bay Packers, mainly because, and we've learned the way the Packers draft, they they don't necessarily draft for the current season or the current roster. They, you know, uh, Gutenkunst has kind of had his eye on the future, as you should with a draft. I mean, you're not drafting just for 2022 you're drafting for four years you know you're signing a guy for at least four years or if the first round pick five years uh well if you look at the Packers roster they have their number one tight end Robert Tunyon on a one-year deal and coming back from a torn ACL their number two tight end Mercedes Lewis is like 87 years old or something right I mean <laughs> and also on the final year of his deal um number three tight end I assume is Josiah DeGuara, who has shown signs, he made a, he's made a play here, a play there, but thus far, too much inconsistencies, um, not even, you know, both in stay, being able to stay on the field, and then when he has played, he's, like I said, he's had his, he's has shown some signs of, of why they took him in the third round, but he's also had some, some bad drops, some, some plays where he just wasn't in the right spot at the right time, so um, he's certainly not a a finished product that they can count on to say, Hey, he's our guy. And then the other two, they have, um, Dominique Daphne, who I really like as a backup and a special, I think he's going to be a very good special teams player, especially now that he has a real special teams coach. But again, I don't, not a number one tight end by any stretch. Uh, and then the other guy is, um, Davis, right. Which I forget mm-hmm. his first Tyler name. Davis. Who's also more of a backup, um, and special teams kind of guy. So, they have a bunch of them. They certainly have they, they have quantity at the tight end position, but they're you know gun to your head. Other than Tunyon's really they're, you're only number one, and he's on a he's in a, on a one year deal coming back from a bad injury. Yeah, and I think that's that's a big thing there too. Is Tunyon if he's going to be back and healthy and be what he's is at his peak in the offense, then the tight end room is in better shape. But first of all, you never know what that's going to look like coming back from this injury and the recovery. We don't know anything about him yet. We don't, he's probably not going to even play. I don't know if he'll, he'll even participate in camp. I imagine he'll be on the physically unable list to start things off, but then, yeah, I mean, this, this is a position that is needed. A lot of people will talk about how tight end isn't as important anymore and it's not as key and, and the passing game and whether or not tight ends are really needed. It just, it seems like it, it can be big. I mean, even in the Matt LaFleur offense, it, you know, Tunyon had that huge 2020 season. So it's not like tight end is obsolete by any means in Green Bay. And obviously we're talking about it. It's it's important as well. Paul, I'm sure you've written a, b- a bunch about it. And, and there's a lot of value in the tight end group in this offense and, and with what the Packers want to do. Yeah, 100%. They really, really missed Robert Tunyon last year over the middle, up the seam in the red zone. Uh, I wrote about this last season. It wasn't a coincidence that around week 12, 13, 14, 
15 in that range. The offense was, you know, at its best last season. And with that, of course, this isn't the only reason, but with that, Josiah DeGuar and Mercedes Lewis were making some of their biggest impacts in the passing game during that stretch as well. Again, that's not a coincidence. They they certainly missed Tunyon's presence. And as we saw last year, they don't really have anyone on the roster at tight end who can replicate what he does. You know, Daphne and DeGora, I would put in the same bucket as kind of that versatile H-back. Mercedes Lewis is your true uh, traditional Y tight end blocker. Tyler Davis, I don't think we know enough about him. I, I did like his willingness as a blocker on the field, but pass catching threat and of all the names that Mark went through who are on the roster, the only one under contract next year is Josiah DeGora. And I know we've talked about it on here. The tight end position isn't one that you can just draft and plug and play. Tight ends take a year or two to develop and he's entering his third year, but from a playing standpoint, it's more so like his second because that whole first year, I think he, his season ended in week three, week four, he had less than a hundred snaps that during his rookie year. So 2021 was really like his season. And this was in an ESPN article from Jamison Hensley. Going back to 2003, there's only been three rookie tight ends to surpass 600 receiving yards during that first season. You just don't typically see a significant impact. So the Green Bay Packers can't, you know, we don't know who's going to be back next year, but they can't uh, push it off and wait until the draft, especially at this position, because there's just so much that comes with it. You know, having to, block you know know your blocking responsibilities technique like alignment route running route concepts like a receiver uh and we know the matt lafleur offense is particularly nuanced uh working with aaron Rodgers with his last second checks at the line of scrimmage can be difficult as well so the green Bay packers absolutely need to plan ahead at this position and i think they're going to yeah one thing i was saying earlier when we were chatting was if I know everybody, I mean, Devontae Adams is transcendent talent at wide receiver, but my comment was if the Packers had just lost, you know, the best tight end in football, would there be more conversation about the need at tight end? Not that you necessarily have to go in the first round, but the receiver position has gotten so much attention, so much love. And I wonder if, if tight end would have gotten a little bit more play. I mean, you know, I guess it would be like a Travis Kelsey type or, you know, Pitts, the guy over in, in Atlanta, if he's going to become that. But as far as how the Packers might attack it, uh, that's a good point, Paul. I mean, free agency is still going on, just just not in the first tier anymore. And you got the draft coming up here. So, Mark, we'll kick it back to you because I know you had some guys that, that you like. But as far as, as free agency, I mean, when was the last time the Packers, outside of Mercedes Lewis, I mean, when did when was the last time they brought in like a tight end to kind of be like the guy? I'm trying to – to think back, and I guess you Jimmy Graham, right? That's yeah, what they hoped for. He didn't end up being. They tried that's for what they several for. years. Lance yeah. Kendricks, Martellus, Martellus Bennett. Bennett. It's it's amazing that the Packers have failed. They got really lucky with Tunyon, who was an undrafted mm-hmm. free agent out of Indiana State, who yeah. didn't do anything. That. Really, didn't do much at all his first two years, and then all of a sudden emerged as a very very good player. The guys they they and so they invested little to nothing in, in him as an undrafted free agent, right? The guys they've invested in, um, Martellus Bennett, a complete failure, a total bust. Jimmy Graham, not a you know, wasn't he wasn't Jimmy Graham anymore? Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the draft, you know, a third round pick on Jay Sternberger, who's I don't believe is in the league anymore. I know he, he bounced around a little bit after the Packers cut him, but as of today, I don't think he's on a roster. Um, third round pick on De, DeGuara, who we've already talked about. Now, the, now, again, I'm not giving up totally on DeGuara, but I'm also not sold on him either. So he's a mystery. So and also when, gonna... I was just going to say when talking about DeGuara too, uh, you know, we can't compare him to Tunyon. Like ideally what they're asked to do in the Fleur's offense are two completely different right. things. So it's also about filling that specific need as well. And I know we talked about before Tunyon was re-signed and finding a true pass-catching threat. Because in a perfect world, that's not what DeGore is going to be. He's going to be a pass-catching option, but they're asked to do two completely different things within this offense. So let me ask both of you this be, before we get into the to the individual names and who's going, you know, that are the, possible, the top five or six guys at tight end in, in this draft. Do you think the Packers are looking for – I, I I have my opinion, but let me ask both of you. Do they want a guy that can just go down the seam and, 
and 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 catch passes and and be a be a weapon for Aaron Rodgers, and maybe not be much of a blocker, or are they looking for are they looking for the next Robert Tunyon or the next Mercedes Lewis or somewhere probably somewhere in the middle, right? But <laughs> that was good. that was going to be my <laughs> guess because there's but there it's hard to find that middle. It is. I mean, they whoever they bring in is going to have some is going to have blocking ability. Now there's always going to be room for improvement. And that's the case with most of these rookies, you know, blocking at the NFL level, especially in the Fleur's offense. And what you're asked to do is a lot different than what most college tight ends are asked to do. So that's always going to be a component. I don't see them. We'll get into here in a second, but like Isaiah likely, I really like him because what he could add to the offense from that pass catching standpoint, but I find it incredibly hard to believe he would be on the Packers radar because of that blocking element. That's always going to be a part of it. But question i think they're going to do their best to try to find someone who's more towards the pass catching element because you have degora i believe daphne was an exclusive rights free agent so that makes him a restricted free agent next year so again that's a cheap contract that you can get back we know that he's a willing and solid blocker so i feel like you have you know that component at least kind of covered um going into the next season with the run game, yeah, being, I, I was going to say, with the run game being what it is, you've got to have somebody who can block. I, I mean, that's not the uh, tight end's primary role, but you're going to feature what's left of Aaron Jones as, as a Packer, and he's got life left. I, mean, I, I just mean as long as he's going to be in Green Bay, and then A.J. Dillon's going to be around for a while. You've got to have somebody who can put their hand on the ground if they're called upon to do it. And I know that's not something that college tight ends are really good at, but the Packers are going to look for somebody that they can mold and do that. And then look at, uh, like, Robert Tunyon. We know, we know we've just spent time talking about his pass catching ability and what he adds, but he's, he's asked to block as well. You know, his stats at the beginning of last round compared to the year before, but there were injuries. Uh, David Bakhtiari wasn't in Elton Jenkins was out. Yash was taken over at left tackle. You know, uh, Tunyon was asked a lot more last year when he was on the field to be a part of, you know, to be a blocker to chip. And that's going to take away from what they do in the passing game. So that's what he, the the pass catching element that ability is going to be you know what's what he adds the most to the offense but again that just goes to show that everybody is going to be asked to be a blocker they're just not gonna i just don't see them adding a you know uh only offers pass catching yeah and tunyon grew into that role i Mm -hmm. mean when when you know again like i said he was an undrafted free agent at indiana state that no one thought was you know a long shot to make the team right and i you know I've said this more than once. If they knew what they had in Tunyon, they don't draft Sternberger in the third round of that draft. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they probably not. They don't, they're not, you know, they, and here's the other thing about Tunyon. So he's on, uh, let's say best case scenario, the injury heals quicker than expected. He, he only misses a couple games. He comes back. He has the kind of year that he had two years ago. He's not going to be, I mean, he's going to demand a lot of money that, that a mm-hmm. salary cap, the Packers are still going to, they're still going to have some salary cap issues next offseason. It's going to be hard to keep them, right? So they need to get another tight end. So they need to get one of these guys that we're going to talk about in a, in a, in a couple seconds, right? So let's see which one we think the Packers may get and where they might may, may get them. So the number one guy across the board, I, I, this is the story that I wrote for Packer Report, um, and I've been doing this, this whole series of position by, by position. I talked to three different scouts in the league, um, and just to give you a little background on the three without saying who they're, what teams are from, but they, they have four Super Bowl rings among them. So these guys are pretty good. They, they're with good teams. Um, all right, so the, the number one across the board, the number one across every board, I haven't seen any, any list anywhere that doesn't have this guy as the number one tight end. And that's, that's Trey McBride from Colorado State. Uh, 6'3", 250, uh, caught 90 passes last year for 1,121 yards. Uh, and here's what the scouts had him had. I'll, I'll, I'll just read a, a, a couple quotes if that's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, one guy said, he reminds me a little bit of Jason Witten. He's not the biggest or the fastest, but he knows how to play the game. He runs good routes. He's tough. I like him a lot. And another guy says, he's the best. There's no doubt about it. He's not getting a lot of hype because he, because he didn't go to a power five school. If he played at Alabama or Georgia, people would be all, all over him. He's a first rounder. And then the third scout was good all-around tight end. He catches everything, and he's actually a decent blocker, too. He's polished and ready to play. 
So this guy would be I now. Let me ask this: If he's there, if the Packers get a good wide receiver at twenty-two, what if they get one of the top five receivers everybody's been, been talking about? If McBride's there at twenty-eight, and let's say a lot of the top defensive players are gone because everybody can't be there, right? Mm-hmm. Would you would you would you pull the trigger on McBride at twenty-eight? I would have no problem. Well, for me, if the Packers do it, I don't have a problem with it because I trust how how they would pick. And then the other thing too is, is, is because of how good he can be in the passing game, he's a tight end by position, but you can hybrid him. If he's, if he's flexible and he's, you've got the ability to do that, then sure you get the best player that you can. Because like, like you said, Mark, you make a really good point that, that we don't think about when we get into draft season, which is now, now, now who's going to play now. Who's going to be that <laughs> X factor now? Well, rookies, it's hard to ask rookies to come in and do that. So this is really about 2023, 2024, as well as 2022. I'd be okay with it. I've watched very limited um, tape on him, but I do, I do like what I see. I was going to ask you, Mark, and I don't know if you can answer this, and if not, it's okay, but I was going to say, are any of those three uh, scouting perspectives from the NFC? Two or three are. Okay, so they're in the conference. So that's, you know, to me, that's that also speaks volumes because it's, you know, they're – they're potentially, you know, looking at in interconference players and stuff like that too. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So to answer the question, everything we just discussed beforehand, the need, what Trey McBride can offer, I would get it. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Um, just the Packers, things can change, but the Packers drafting, going back through Ted Thompson, tight ends position isn't one that they put an emphasis on in the first round. Mm-hmm. And obviously your your uh, resources are coming from – those in the NFL, but I haven't, I haven't seen, I was, I was a little maybe surprised is too strong word, but I didn't expect McBride to be, you know, to go in the first round. We just haven't seen any of the tight ends in any of the discussions, Um, you know, mock drafts. I know they're mock drafts, but uh, you know, there just haven't been a tight end discussion at that point in the draft. So that, that quote there um, was one I just wasn't expecting. Yeah. I mean, again, We'll see. I don't. A lot of people think now. Again, I, I there's 32 teams in the league. I didn't talk to 32 scouts. I talked mm-hmm. to three. So, um, one of those teams could take him. Now, I'll say this: one of the. I don't want to give up too much of who my scouts are, but one of those, one of the three, his team ain't taking a tight end. <laughs> I'll just tell you that right now. They're not taking. I'll be shocked. I mean, again, maybe not. I mean, you never know if they go by best player and he's been on their board. He's their best, but I just don't think. They have a pretty good tight end, so I don't think they're going to take a, take a tight. I don't think they would take McBride. However, he'll probably go second. Yeah, but he might not be there when the Packers. Now, if mm-hmm. he's there in the second for the yep. Packers, I think I would almost have to pull the trigger on him, especially depending on what you did, you know, 
he, he'd be for me, he'd be too good of a. And here's the other thing. And and we'll get to the next guys. It's a drop off. Mm-hmm. It's 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 definitely a, a from you know like. You could argue about the wide receivers. I mean, people have that. People aren't arguing about the wide receivers. Who's one? Who's two? Who's three? Four? Five? Six? Seven? Eight? Whatever. Uh, same with edge rushers. Same with tackles. Same with almost every position. There's a little bit of an argument as to who's the best and then who, who's second. There's no argument here. Mm-hmm. This is the only one with a chance of going in the first round. Maybe the only one that might that'll go in the first two rounds, for that matter. Mm-hmm. I can so see that. there is a drop off. If you get this, if you if you need a tight end. This is the guy because the next ones are all, and some will emerge and be good down the road. I'm sure, but mm-hmm. McBride is far and away the best. Of, of seems like group. a seems like as close to a sure thing as you can get in the draft. Right. So um, the next guy um, on on my list here, and they're they're kind of out of order a little bit now because some things have moved up and down. But uh, Jeremy Rucker from Ohio State, um, six five two fifty. Didn't put up big numbers at Ohio State because they had the good wide receivers that were catching mm-hmm. most of the balls. But but here's an here's an interesting stat on him. In his career, he only caught 54 passes in his career with the Buckeyes, but 12 of those 54 were for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So he does mm-hmm. so he does give you that that red zone uh, threat or or red zone possibility that's always important for a tight end. Um, here's some 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 of the quotes where <clears throat> excuse me, good solid player. Who can actually here's the actual quote. He's a good solid player. He can actually block. <laughs> uh, he's got good size for the position. He's not a down to receiver type, but he'll be a good put, put possession type guy. Next guy says he, he he's a step down from McBride, but he's still pretty good. He'll 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 go around third round. Um, then the other guy says he had a big week at the Senior Bowl, which really helped him. Uh, with all the talent they had, as, as I mentioned earlier, with all the talent they had at, at receiver at Ohio State, he didn't put up big numbers there. But he's a good player. So this is the kind of guy that interests me a little bit. Um, and the Packers have, they've shown that they like some Ohio State guys, right? They took mm-hmm. Myers last year, second round. They like mm-hmm. the Big Ten. What do you think of Rucker? And if he's there in the third form, maybe? or I think... Like if if we're if I was like trying to write in what positions are going to address, it just feels like third round tight end is going to be the Green Bay Packers pick. Again. I'm just scared, but aren't, but aren't you scared of that? After yes, this? I know. Yeah, but the third round, <laughs> wanted third a round. Other names that we're going to get to here in a second. <laughs> yeah, they're going right, to have right. they're going to have plenty of options at that point. So if McGrath, if McBride goes at 35, for example, you know, pick 92 seems like a sweet spot for several of these tight ends. But no, I I. I I certainly agree with everything that was said there. He's just the word that I wrote down about record is he's steady, you know, blocking. Um, like you mentioned, didn't have a ton of opportunities in the passing game, but that's not because he can't, you know, be effective in the passing game. That's because he's playing with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Um, but he's just a very steady presence. And as we mentioned, he brings that solid blocking ability that we know is very, very important to Matt floor. I was going to say, it seemed like to your point, Paul, about the receivers and, having good guys around you, it seemed like he was open an awful lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I, he, he caught some balls in traffic, and, and a, a lot of what I saw, too, was actually from a couple of years ago. I think there a lot of it was when Fields was quarterback, too. But he was he was open a lot. So then it's a, it's a matter of how, how good is his route running and his ability to catch balls in traffic and do some of those more dirty work things that you, you end up seeing in the NFL, but I think that value spot there too. And maybe the Packers have just resolved themselves to, Hey, we're just taking a flyer in the third round at this point, because they've had such bad luck with third rounders that, you know, do they do, do they go there again? Cause like you said earlier, Mark, that was where they took Sternberger a couple of years ago and, and early third too. They took him early in the third. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he, it was the same thing. It was all they kept showing over and over the highlight of him catching that one deep ball down the seam and, uh, and everybody got excited. But I think t- now you know, Rucker, as my one guy said, I'm sorry, Chase. Um, he's not a down the seam mm-hmm. guy. Does that affect? Do you think the Packers are looking for that down the seam guy? Because he's not. If, if that's what you're looking for, he's not the guy. It's hard to find that though. I mean, that's well. You know, um, the next guy I'm going to talk about mm-hmm. <laughs> might just be that down the seam guy. Well, he's but... down the seam guy, but you know, can he hang out of the football? Well, yeah. One other, one other thing I just want to add, like with Sternberger. I think his final year at Texas A&M, that was like his one 
year of production. Mm-hmm. I think he started at Kansas, went to JUCO, and then transferred from there to Texas A&M. Uh, I believe everyone that we're going to cover here, uh, they all have a longer track record of success. And again, that's that's an important part as well. Yep. Okay, so the next guy is Isaiah Likely, great mm-hmm. name, from Coastal Carolina, um, right down the street from me here in Myrtle Beach. Um, I, I got to see him play in person a couple of times. Um, fun guy to watch play. Mm-hmm. Um, 6'4", 240, uh, 912 yards and 12 touchdowns last year for the Chanticleers. Um, now again, not the ma- not a not the major major night. He's, he's not Ohio. He's, he's not Ohio State now. He's not he's not playing in the Big Ten. He's not playing in the, in the SEC. Um, Coastal had a good year though. They were you know the last two years they've been they've been ranked. Uh, went to bowl games, so that, that's they're not all you know. It's, a, it's an up and coming program, but it's it's not a Power Five school. Um, you know, here's what here's what the scouts had to say. He got a lot of hype early. He's okay. He can run. I'll give him that. But his hands are a little suspect, and don't ask him to block. <laughs> okay, so then the next one was he's more of a big wide receiver than your classic tight end. But if you're looking for that, he's your guy. He can cause mismatches for the defense with his size and speed. And then the final one, he's, he had a really good good year. You watch his tape, and you're impressed. They, they lined them up everywhere, outside, slot, in line. You, you see some special things. Now he needs to get stronger and become at least a willing blocker. Right now, that's a liability in his game. So this guy can't block. He's don't. I love the one quote. Don't even ask him to block. <laughs> so that's going back to what you said earlier, Jason. The Packers tight end with the run game. With the with, now, I would think if if the if and it's a big if the Packers were to draft Isaiah Likely in the third round or maybe even fourth round, there he's going to be used as a second. He's not going to be used on first and 10 or at the goal line. I don't, I mean, they're, when, when they're running the ball, he's not going to be in the game. The Mercedes Lewis will be in or they'll have to, but if, if they want, if they see a mismatch on third and nine and they put him in, I mean, so he's not going to be, this guy will, and not just for the Packers, but for, for almost any team, he's not going to be a full-time tight end. I don't think, I think he'll be your second tight end that, that can do some things for you that can make that hit that home run for you when you need it, maybe, or, or, you know, Cause that mismatch that you're looking for. He's a slender. If there is such a thing, he's a slender six four two forty for sure. <laughs> he, I mean, he he definitely doesn't have. Blanky, the yeah. You you look at him. You look at him, and he just you know he looks like a big like you said. He looks like a big receiver. Now what? he's that said. He did make some very imp- impressive plays. He can catch the ball in traffic and some of those things I've talked about and and mentioned. The other thing too, and I have a, a well, I got it. We got a tweet during the show here from one of our fans actually talking about a mock draft. Uh, it's very, it's a very timely tweet here, but guys, would this not be an amazing if Chris Berman was still doing uh prime time on sports center, oh, yeah. Isaiah likely catching the ball and all the different things he would do with that last name. Right. Well, Although, but I, great. But when I look at what, when I think about what you said though, Mark, I think, you know, Isaiah, maybe not so likely for the Packers because, <laughs> because he can't block, but okay. Ray Dempster. I want to give a shout out to Ray Dempster who, who did a mock draft and put it up and he tweeted us and he tagged all of us in it. He's got, for what it's worth, it's a mock draft, so this doesn't... But he's got the Packers taking Chris Olave with their first-round pick, and then they trade out, and uh, they pick a couple other players. They have the Packers. He has the Packers taking likely in the third round with that 92nd pick. That's so, about where he's going to go, right? I would think low third round. Yeah, so, Ray, thank you for the tweet, and we're obviously talking about tight ends right now. But, yeah, I, I think this is, uh, unless it's a value spot... Just so you think on, it's unlikely? I think it's unlikely, yeah. The blocking thing, too, and, and even where he would have to go. I mean, he would have to fall to, to where. I mean, Paul, I'll turn it over to you at this point. I'm, I'm sure that we're you know probably in concert here, although maybe, maybe you feel differently. I really, really enjoyed watching Isaiah Likely, and I would love that element in this offense. I think it would be a ton of fun. I mean, in 2020, he averaged almost 21 yards per catch. Uh, 15.4 over his career, one of the best tight ends in the country at picking up yards after the catch. But as we were talking about when we were just looking at the tight end position as a whole, I would be surprised if he's on Green Bay's radar because of that blocking. Um, As I already mentioned, Robert Tunyon, he's known for his pass catching, but he contributes as a blocker as well. All the tight ends do, the receivers do. It's just too important part of this Matt LaFleur offense. And I think Mark hit on the head, at least early on in his career, 
you know, being a, you know, a pass catching or maybe his whole career, just being that pass catching threat away as well. Um, you know, if it's, if it's first and 10 and Isaiah likely's on the field, you know, as a defense, you're going to know, all right, they're passing or at the very least they're not running to that side. So having a, a one dimensional player, especially at a position that can be as multifaceted as tight end, that's a bit of a tell as well for the opposing defense and could put you at a little bit of a disadvantage. So I really, really like his game having that element in this offense at the tight end position, I think would be a lot of fun to watch as well with what Lafleur could cook up with his play designs. But that lack of blocking ability is um, I just don't see him being on their radar. And, and Mark Isaiah likely's RAS score. What do you think it was? I would, you, you would think pretty high, but I don't, I see, I'm not into that RAS stuff. Eight. I'm going to say 7.9. Ooh. I'll say mid eight. 4.8. 4. 4.8. Oh. Yes. Wow. Okay. Now maybe what what does that all include? Uh, let me pull it up to be exact, but it's height 40 uh 3 cone vertical shuttle. I mean, all of I've that. seen them. See, that's no, I don't we could do a whole show on this on these testing scores versus playing football. I, I like I like guys that play football. I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, running a three cone drill in your underwear doesn't doesn't get me excited. <laughs> Nor should it. I, it's not real football. Right. I just exactly. have to say, I, I was wow. very surprised by it though, because you do not see that when you're watching. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I would, like I said, I would think if you want to tell me he can't block and he's not real strong, okay, well, that's we know that. But to say that, mm, that he's not athletic, he's very athletic. Um, two other things I want to say about likely be, before we we move on. Uh, Jason, to get to your with your Chris Berman um, reference, well, Coastal's he was their best receiver as a tight end, but their second best receiver, who's probably going to go late in this like sixth round, maybe seventh round, his last name was Highly. So they're oh, <laughs> so Coastal's two best receivers were Highly Likely. Yeah. <laughs> so when when Coastal had the ball, it was Highly Likely that one of those two guys was going to get the ball. Gonna, that is true. They're getting a lot the of lot of high, a lot of targets in the passing game for sure. That's, yeah, it's, high, that's... It's, it's Highly Likely. <laughs> I mean the headlines, the writers, Chris Berman, uh, everybody. Oh sure, yes, Coastal was fun, you know. And they're both going to get drafted out of, out of Coastal this year, which is saying something. Well, it writes itself. Well, so either so this is either now the other thing. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say real, I was going to say thing. real quick. He's he's either going to be a huge victory for the RAS crowd and those that came up with that metric, <laughs> or he's going to break the mold. Yeah, wonder right. Wonder. Well, here's my thing about the blocking. And that's what we're all concerned about, Paul. You brought up the point that you don't think they would take him because he. The Packers have a pretty good. Line, I mean, their offensive coordinator now, Adam Senevich, was a great offensive line coach, and I'm sure, and I'm sure he's still going to be involved even more so with the offense, not just the line now. Uh, Buckus seems like a pretty good line coach, and the tight ends mm-hmm. coaches. Can they? Can they? You can't teach um, the, the Rucker to run faster. I mean, he is what he is, a good player, but I mean, he's he's. You can't teach him to be, to be a down to seam you know, yards after catch, average 15 yards a catch kind of guy. That's just never going to happen. Can good coaches make likely into a at least adequate blocker? I think so. I mean, look at Tunyon. At Indiana right. State, he was a quarterback and a receiver. <laughs> there you not go. That I, not that I watch Robert Tunyon at Indiana State, but I'm going to venture to say he didn't do a ton of blocking there as a receiver. Or a quarterback. Or a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, again – if you're look at your coaching staff, right, and you say, you ask them, like, you know, look at this guy. He, had, you know, he is he's six four two forty, so he's not, he is, but I guess he is built. He's not built like a big blocking. He's not built like Mar- Mercedes Lewis by any means. Um, but you talk to the coaches, I think, and say, what do you think? Can mm-hmm. we turn this That's guy? Fair. And then mm-hmm. you talk to him. I mean, before you draft him, you you probably talk to him at either the combine or you bring him in. Mm-hmm. And you you test him out, and if he's like, oh, I'm blocking, no, I don't do that. And then then you say, okay, well, you'll be playing for somebody else. But I mean, yeah. I think that's a really good point. A, I think you can teach a guy to block. I think he, I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe I just want the Packers to take this guy. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm, I'm hoping. All right. <laughs> I so would the next, like it. <laughs> so the next guy is a guy that Paul, I'm sure you know much better than than Jason and I, and probably better than most than a lot of Packer fans. Either is Jake Ferguson. 
from your Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, 6'4", 244. Uh, for those of you outside of Wisconsin, like myself and Jason, who did not know this until I did a little research, he's Barry Alvarez's grandson. <laughs> Badger Paul, fans all just probably rolled their eyes a little bit because yeah. they heard it for the 1300th <laughs> they, they time. Heard that a few. But we don't, we're not just playing this. I didn't know. We play outside of Wisconsin, so, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, he started 36 games in his career for the best. So he's certainly not a one-year wonder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and his 46 catches last year were his career high. Um, now, one scout really likes him. He said he's not flashy, but we, but we really like him. I put him second behind McBride, but that's just me. He's a, he's a complete tight end. He's not a slot guy. He's not a burner. He's a good old-school tight end. Uh, the second guy said, he's okay. You, you can see he's smart by the way he plays and how he gets the most out of his play. He's just not real athletic. Third guy said, good blocker, good possession guy. Third, fourth round, good solid player. I don't usually just – I don't fan over Wisconsin players because I didn't – I don't have my, – my allegiance isn't there. But I'll say this after looking at some of these other guys, and I think it's more highly likely – <laughs> I, I, I like Ferguson almost, you know, not necessarily that he's the second best prospect, but he's my number two after McBride. But I think it's because if, if you look at the the value, I mean, where the Packers are likely to address this, if we're being realistic, I think Ferguson is on paper a much better fit for what they're looking for. I just don't know. I mean, they, they, and they've taken some Wisconsin guys who are projects, right? Van Lannan, uh most Ron, recently. You- yeah, I'm running Michigan. I'm sorry, no. Ben Spiegel. Yeah, Spiegel. I mean, oh, they've yeah. taken that. That didn't work so well. Not <laughs> not so well. But they've taken some guys and they've said, "Hey, let's let's try to do something here." I know that the Packers do place a premium on intelligence in the in playing football. I mean, they draft players who are are pretty smart and have their you know their head on straight. So I could I could see this being something that the that the Packers get after. He's got the size. It's just a matter of, you know, is he is he not athletic enough that they would say, eh, I'm not sure, because don't forget, they need bodies on special teams as well. So that's kind of my take there. I mean, I, it's not like he pops off the page, but he has the potential just based on some of those intangibles to end up being a player that's better than where he's projected to be drafted just because, you know, he, he may extend his career or be better because he's smart and he's reliable. But, Paul, obviously you're going to have the best insight out of all of us. You know what you're going to get with Jake Ferguson. I, no, but I think his floor is pretty high. I think, like I said, you know what you're going to get in the the, the Badgers passing attack <laughs> has been very up and down, but Jake Ferguson's been a steady presence, not overly dynamic, but a good presence in the red zone as well. And he's going to be that wide tight end at the NFL level. Uh, I if if he's a Green Bay Packer, uh, you know, looking ahead to 2023, 2024, and beyond, if he's your tight end too, I think you're in you're in good shape. But I would still want to add uh, perhaps another more dynamic element to that position if possible. But like I said, you know what you're going to get with him, both as a blocker, as a pass catcher as well. Um, could be a red zone threat, I think, as a possibility. And with all of these tight end prospects, we know there's – Certainly uncertainty at the position in 2023, but in 2022, Tunyon's going to be a part of the room. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, DeGuara, Daphne, they're all going to pretty much have their defined roles, their carved out roles. It's time for rookies, rookie tight ends specifically to, you know, get their foothold at the NFL. Each of these players is going to have that opportunity to do so because none of them, hopefully they can give you some production, but none of them have to step in and be the guy uh, and this guy, I, I, like I said, they're not necessarily right in order because this guy is, has moved up on a lot of boards. And I believe the Packers have brought him in for, for one of their 30 visits. That's uh, Greg yeah. Dulcich. Am I, am I saying his name right? Dulcich of UCLA. Uh, 6'4", 248, caught 42 passes, 725 yards, five touchdowns uh, last fall. If I'll, I'll, I'll say this before I give the quotes. If Ted Thompson was still the GM, this guy might be the guy because you we know how he loved Pac, Pac-12, Pac-12 players, yeah. right? So this is the guy out of the Pac-12. So um, one guy, right, the first guy says he has great hands, probably the best of the group. He's a classic zone beater. He'll find a hole in the seam and, and make plays. He's not bad at all. 
Uh, next guy says he's right there in the mix. You can use him a lot of ways. Um, at UCLA, he, he lined up in the slot. You can make him an H-back as, as well if, if that's what you're looking for. And the third quote was good burst, good with the ball in his hands, and he plays hard. He's going to have to get stronger. He's not a bad blocker, but he needs to get better at it. Mm-hmm. And this guy sounds like my guy. This mm-hmm. sounds like the guy. This sounds like a Packer. Yeah, and his pass catching numbers too are his, he averaged 18, almost 19 yards per catch over the last two years, and that was on 66 receptions. So that's like a that's a large sample size. You know, if you do that on 20 catches, 25 catches, it's right. still very good. But doing that over 66, you know, that's dynamic. Obviously, that came with some. Uh, you know, high yak. He finished eighth in 2021 in yak. And what I had written down about his blocking ability, I said he's a willing blocker. Right. Which all these guys are going to have to improve upon, but having that willingness, that aggressiveness to do so, that's a, that's a great first step to have when it comes to being able to mold that aspect. So I really, I, I do like uh, Dulcich and what he could offer. Uh, pass catching threat with upside to blocker. And great. Stats, great numbers. I think he could end up being, there's always a position or a player that gets kind of projected to go in the second or third round that goes like late in the first or surprises you getting picked early. And I think there could be a team just based on the all of the, the all around vibe here of him that ends up taking him way sooner than we think. He could end up being maybe the second guy that goes just because there's a team that really likes him a lot. Like you said, Mark, you know, Ted Thompson back in the day, if he's got a guy that he really likes, he's going to take that guy. So he, this this could end up being one that you know if the Packers still have a propensity for the Pac-12, which I I don't know that they do anymore. I think they've kind of gotten away from that, you know, especially after you know remember the first two rounders that didn't work out in a row, Nick Perry and Dayton Jones. Uh, I think the Packers learned their lesson there. Maybe you know spread it out, spread the love out a little bit, and let's be honest, you know where the they did pretty well from the Pac-12 too, though. I mean those two they didn't did, work, but Aaron Kenny Clark. Rogers- Aaron Rodgers, Clay Rogers, Matthews, yeah. Kenny Clark weren't bad. <laughs> Rogers turned out okay, although he's Butte Community College. So, <laughs> <laughs> how about that? He does say that. Doesn't he? Yeah, but but you know he did the, the Pac-12 is as has not you know has put put out some really good athletes, and I think he could. This is another one where I think the Packers, like you said, it's it's very encouraging the way that that we've kind of gone through these, and I know that there's a, I think there's at least one more if I'm not mistaken. We want to yeah, add well, here. There's an addition. Yeah, yeah, one one addition, but. Can't go wrong with with the measurables here and and with the versatility there. You also have a potential you know special teams contributor too. That's you know that's the second time that you've mentioned that, Jason. That's very very key here. Um, I think, and we've seen it already just in a brief free agency that the Packers got involved in, and then we you know the coach the assistant coach just spoke yesterday. Special teams they've. They've figured it out finally after 20 years of having one of the worst special teams in the league every year that, hey, maybe we should pay a little more attention to the special teams. Um, they signed a guy, um, Nixon, from the Raiders, who mm-hmm. strictly is going to help the special teams a lot. Uh, the, the punter they brought in, uh, the, the coach raved about him yesterday as not just being a good punter in bad weather, but also a great holder. We've mm-hmm. never heard that before about anybody. You know, He's a great holder. Well, they're... They're starting to pay a little more attention. So it could come down to that. It could come down to, do they think Dulcich is a better special teams player than Ferguson? Or is Ferguson a better special teams player than Likely? Or, like, you know, the, the one that, that they think could probably help them the most on special teams may be the one, the one that, if, if they're all, if they're relatively close on their, for their offensive ability at the tight end, the one that can show the most on special teams could be the guy they they pick just like when they make when you know when they when it comes down to the roster when they're making those final cuts a lot of times it comes down to who's going to play special teams and 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 who who is it please so here's do, the last well guy. please do that because we all know how special teams were that's all I'll say about that this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Exactly. Um, all right, so here's one more guy that um, I called one of my guys 
earlier today where we were talking today and I told him I was, we were doing a tight, tight end tonight. And I read the five guys that we just talked about. And he said, yeah. And he goes, Oh, you should add this guy. He said, I've been watching more and more of them and put him in the mix. And that's uh, Charlie Kohler from Iowa state, uh, six, six, two fifty seven. Um, that's, I mean, that's great. That's pretty good size. Um, mm-hmm. what he said about him, he said, he's very athletic. Um, he can, you know, again, they used him in the slot a lot at Iowa State. Um, he can cause those mismatches that, that you like, especially with that size. I mean, he has pretty good size al- al- along with the a- athleticism. I'm dying to hear what his RAF score was, Paul. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, the, the downside of him is he's, he, he's, he doesn't have the best hands. He says he kind of, you know, catches with his – he's more of a body catcher, which isn't always a good thing. Um, but – the size, speed, there's something there. This guy could, this guy could sneak into the, you know, third, fourth round. Probably third. I meant probably, he probably, probably was a fourth round pick. He might sneak into the, that bottom of the third now. He catches a ball. If you watch his his highlight tape, he catches a ball in the in the back of the end zone. That is just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I don't know who they were playing against, but it was like. Even with the one foot, like just just incredible. Like he's got he's got some he's got some athleticism. I can see why he's he and it's and marked it's it maybe the the school right. I mean, a lot of times right. that can sometimes be it. It's it's the school, the level of competition, and some of those things can slide these guys down. But he he shows up. He definitely shows up. He's got a great size too. Oh yeah, six seven six six two fifty seven. That's he probably has the best size of any any of the guys that we mentioned. Just mm-hmm. pure size, height and weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, he still put up numbers as a as a pass catching option, and I thought that he improved as a blocker as well over his time. And again, I think that's important as well. Blocking, pass catching, any element for any player in this draft is that you see progression from year one to year two to year three as they work their way through college. Um, and Mark, since you asked, he posted nine point one two on the wow. last scale. Okay, and so there's, there's, that's where the it does, <laughs> it does show up. So. Absolutely. And one other thing I just want to add is I know I, I referenced that um, eight or higher, 26 of Goody's 33 draft picks have uh, draft Raz eligible draft picks have scored above eight of those 26, 14 have scored above nine. But his two tight end selections, uh, Jay Sternberg and Josiah DeGuar, have actually both been lower. So maybe maybe that's a trend. Maybe not. It's only two guys. But uh, maybe there's some more wiggle room there than what there is at other positions. And Mark, just out of curiosity, not sure if you've spoken to anyone on one other player, but uh, Jelani Woods from Virginia. I know I, he's a popular yeah. name among the <laughs> Packers Twitter sphere. Um, I just curious if you had spoken to anyone or had. Oh, any yes, I did. Him. Yes, I did, and I was kind of hoping you didn't bring it up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I, I, I don't want to. I'm going to get a bunch of nasty tweets from emails from. Packer fans who have fallen in love with this guy. Uh, let's just say that um, the three scouts I talked to did not put him in their top tier of tight ends. I'll leave it at that. Okay. I will. I won't say the bad. My mama taught me early on: if you got <laughs> nothing nice to say about somebody, don't say anything. So I won't say anything. There we go. That, just that he wasn't mentioned. The six guys I mentioned, they all thought were better than Jelani Woods. I know he put up a ten point zero on the. Ross scale, right? Yeah, he did really so, well testing. So maybe, so maybe he should go be a, you know, he, he could try to maybe be a track star or something. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> these guys know what they're looking for. I mean, they they know what they're looking for. And no, again, this... again, I I only talked to three out of thirty-two. That's not when I when I worked full time and I I would I would talk to more, but um, you know. It's, I'm I'm kind of retired now. I just do this for fun. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, three, but the that, three guys are good. They're the three best I've I've dealt with, so I I kept them. Well, I can um, tell you, Mark. Without you, if it was just Paul and I between the two of us, I don't know if we we would have, would have come up with three scouts around the NFL. As <laughs> Mark brings these, the heat for any of these players. Well, so. I used to bring a lot more. I mean, when I worked every day for NJ.com, <laughs> I, I would talk to maybe eight or nine scouts. Sure, know? but um, just don't have the time. Or, I know. I have time. I just don't have the effort. <laughs> but three, but three is still good, and they're, and they're the three best. I mean, they're, they're, I, you know, you learn over the years who are who's better than others. You know. 
Yeah, for so. sure. Well, this was, I mean, it was good, good information. And to have direct quotes there, that's, those are trained eyes that are looking at these players. So if, from, if you want to know what the scouts think and, and, you know, it's fine what we think and what, what we look at, but these are guys that are around the game. And like you said, they've got some championship rings around them. So they know what it takes to find players that can contribute at a high level. So thank you for that, Mark. Good, good, uh, good discussion. Good group All of, right, so of players. Let's make a prediction. But Jason, we'll let you go first. Which tight end did the Packers take? Oof. Uh, that's, uh, that's a great question. Um, I guess I have to kind of stay with my original assessment. I, I, liked, I liked Ferguson a lot. I mean, I, I, think, I think he and, – and, again, it's, it's the value position too and where, where they're likely to go. I just – you know, I don't really want to go too pie in the sky. So I'll stick with I'll stick with Ferguson. I'll say it's it's going to be him just because of where where he fits. But um, you know, could God only knows. Paul, I'll go Packers in round three. Take uh, Greg Dulcich. I'm with you. That's what that's what I'm going with. I like the more I the more I look at him, the more I read mm-hmm. about him, the more I talk to people about him. He's a I think he's a Packer now. Now Goody has has Goody taken anybody from the Pac-12? Not I don't think he has. Top of my head. Not early, anyway, right? No. I don't think he has. So he wants to get back in Aaron. You know, him and Aaron are good yeah. friends now, right? I mean, <laughs> maybe that's what Aaron didn't bring it up when he was ripping him. You know, he, that he didn't take anybody out of Pac-12. So this could be a little. Hey, Aaron, I got you. Not only did I get your receiver, I got your guy from the Pac-12. So maybe, and maybe Ted will come down and put his hand on Goody's shoulder in that third round and. Give him a little tap and tell him, hey, we got a Pac-12 guy for you there. Send the good vibes. <laughs> Send the Pac-12 vibes over but this we all way. Think, we all think third round is about where they're going to get one, right? Yeah, I think a lot of these guys that we covered are going to be that, uh, yeah, available at that time. There'll I just, be a run on tight Yeah, Seems like it's going to be the best opportunity. Yeah, they'll, all be, right. they'll, be a, they'll be a run. So, well, before we sign off, good discussion on tight ends. Before we sign off, as far as what's going on around – town as they say mark what is up at packer report now and what's upcoming up now um are the i'm trying to think what did i put up <laughs> defensive linemen are up now uh the, just, just like we did with tight ends but the defensive line are up is up right now and coming later today thursday will be the best edge rushers in the draft but i think for packer i think the packers are going to be looking or no i'm, I'm sorry edge rushers were monday Ed rushers did go up, right? I'm sorry, because yep. I, I wrote them both at the same time. Ed rushers are up now. Defensive linemen are coming Thursday, and that's two positions that I think the Packers will be looking at rather closely as well. It's a good thing Paul stays on top of your your writing. So I know, right? I love I love the articles. I read them. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> well, I'm same the feelings moved. I read all your stuff too. So speaking of which, what does Mark have to look forward to, Paul, over at Dairyland Express and Cheesehead TV? Well, what's coming later in the week? I'm not sure yet. It just kind of hits me spur of the moment. But uh, uh, one article I, I posted this week at Dairyland Express, I got positive, a lot of positive feedback on. So if you get, if anyone read that, I do appreciate it. Um, I created a short list of Packers first-round targets. So going back to 2009, in terms of how they test athletically, their age, and the positions that the Green Bay Packers typically covet in round one, um, I went. I used the Draft Network's top 50 big board, um, and just kind of went through each of those three categories alone. And I came out to a list of eight players who fit all three of those criteria. That's it. And of course, I took out some of the like top 10 names, Aiden Hutchinson, guys like that, um, were not included, just because we obviously expect them to be gone by at that point. But the list is eight players. That was my short list of first round targets for the Packers. So I'm. Always excited for the draft. I'm curious to see if any of their first-round picks show up on that list. Oh, for sure. A little extra juice for us to look forward to there. And then quick slants depends on what happens between now and then. It'll be out on Monday over at Game On Wisconsin. A quick one, usually 15 to 20, 25 minutes or so on whatever's lately happening lately with the Packers. So I'll have that out. We will be back, of course, next Thursday with another edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. And the topic of the day at that time so good discussion thanks again mark great work on getting us prepped for all things tight end 
And everybody, enjoy the rest of your week. It is almost the weekend. For those that celebrate, it's Easter this weekend. So enjoy your weekend there. And as always, everybody stay safe and go Pack Go. (laughs) 